0: Welcome to Uncontained, episode 177. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render, and on the show today, filmmaker Joe Clark returns. Last time he was on the show, he was getting ready to move from Iowa out to L.A. and chase after his uh, film career. He was wrapping up production on the documentary of... Rob Van Dam, WWE superstar. Uh, It's titled Headstrong, so we talk about that during this episode. And he just finished shooting his first... Hollywood movie, too, since he's been out out in L.A. for probably just over a year now. So we get talking about that, some of the challenges that he's had, some of the fears as a first-time Hollywood filmmaker, also some of the challenges that he had while he was working with Rob Van Dam trying to fight for his vision of the film and where he believed the best film was at because that's what's important to Joe when uh, creating a film. But we cover a lot in this episode, including including what happens when an actor doesn't quite believe in his film and what could they say instead of just uh, lie to the audience. Uh, it, it's all in here. Just listen if you enjoy the episode, all I ask is that you share it with some friends and people that you think might enjoy it as well and, uh, direct them to uncontained pod at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, uh, Follow the podcast as well. I, I know it sounds like a lot, but it only take a couple seconds. I, I would like to give a shout-out to a podcast that I just recently found out about. It's called Badgering the Hawkeye. It's uh, hosted by two former radio personalities that worked in Cedar Rapids, Iowa at the same time. One of them from Wisconsin, the Badger State, and one of them from Iowa, the Hawkeye State. And they... Joined back up together after working to get, after working at Rock 108 in uh, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids area, and are putting on a hell of a podcast. I'm enjoying listening to it, and you should check it out too. Of course, after you listen to this episode, uh, it's Badger the Hawkeye, and you can find it wherever podcasts are played. So uh, check it out and let them know that Uncontained sent you on over and. Now, I will get right to the show. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Plug in those earbuds. This is how filmmaker Joe Clark lives uncontained.
1: How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) Not bad, man. Not bad. Uh, So, uh, welcome back to the show,
1: first, I'd like to say, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm trying to think of uh, when the first episode was that we did, about how long ago
0: it was like right before
1: you moved from oh, iowa right. to california you we're starting to get
0: all your stuff together right. and uh this is just... turning
1: into my time capsule for my life now
0: it is you know i'll we'll document <laughs> your whole career from well there we go from from the point where i first interviewed right. i can't i can't which talk. is still
1: at the bottom and not much has changed so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> But you were uh, just recently working on a film,
0: correct? You're, you're out in California now. You're uh, shooting movies, correct?
1: Yeah, I moved out here in April of 2018. And um, we released uh, Spiral, which I think we talked about in the last episode, uh, last yes, October. And-, um, and I released a documentary with Rob Van Dam this past March. And um, I've been working and filming on a new movie called Alta Vista that is hopefully going to be out next year.
0: Okay. All right. Perfect, man. So what,
1: what is, what
0: is the new film about?
1: Yeah. So or can I, can you talk about that yet or? Uh, yeah, no, I'm totally open to it, man. I, um, I'm playing a, a writer who moves to LA after the death of his father and, he quickly gets embroiled in the underbelly of Hollywood. And so um, I kind of borrowed some seeds from real life, but then I completely skew it and take it as far from reality as I can to kind of mix. uh, I didn't want to make it too meta, but um, at the same time, like this whole project has been geared toward making my first movie in Los Angeles. You know, it's something I've always wanted to do as a kid. And so, um, part of that commitment has been doing whatever it takes to get it off the ground. You know, like the script and the story have gone through countless iterations, which is pretty typical, you know, for a film, but, yeah. um, this was, uh, an exercise in, um, getting the movie made by any stretch possible. You know, we, we started filming in January. I, uh, I, I had my hair grown out my beard for about 10 months. <laughs> and, um, no one on earth was talking to me cause they thought I was, uh, a homeless man. And, uh, um, hey, that's very, very likely out here when you see, see that there's <laughs> like almost more, it's sad that there's almost more homeless people than people with houses. Yeah, totally. It's uh way too overpopulated here because of people like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got the film off the ground and then this last week we filmed another eight days on it. Um, we still have a couple days left of pickup shots and stuff, but I would say about 80, 85% of it's in the can. And, um, so we're getting closer to finishing it, which I am very much looking forward to.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. Did you write the screenplay too or?
1: Yeah. And, uh, like I said, like, it's gone through so many different changes. Like, uh, I remember the first draft was about, uh, I moved to LA with, uh, and it's, uh, I wasn't even actually going to be in it at first. Is I moved in with a couple actors who were uh, way more polished than I am, and I had uh, another friend that was in Spiral that I wanted to be about the three of them. It was kind of like a, almost like a Point Break style action movie, and um, they, uh, I, it's, I don't know, it's just like a, things just didn't work out as as I wanted to, and I think that's just part of like. Um, because out in Los Angeles, the, the film industry is so much more prominent than Iowa. Um, yeah. There's so many other things going on that it's just a lot more difficult to get things exactly how you want them to go. And so, how, how
0: is that like you'd think being in Iowa without without anything going on or with like a smaller movie scene, uh, it'd be harder to get things lined up and ready to go.
1: You'd think it would almost be easier in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in some respects, it definitely is like um, when we were filming last week, we were able to cast and get locations and do all sorts of things way quicker than we would be in Iowa because there are a lot of. Uh, talented people out here that are in their specific lanes. And so like you can um, line things up very, very quickly out here. But in Iowa, like the uh, I feel like the, the script and the stories wouldn't change as dramatically as they do out here. Like they still dig quite a bit. But like okay. once you put all the pieces in place, it's a lot easier, I feel like, to, to, to carry out the vision of a film in Iowa and uh like we we actually did shoot for about three days in may for this movie in iowa and it was uh it was so fun because like everyone's walking on eggshells in la trying to film a gorilla movie because you know it's just a lot <laughs> more difficult and it's illegal to film out in public and uh in iowa like uh, because everyone knew what we were making a movie everyone was like just so cool we would just it was like one big playground we would just like we were just walking around in a bar at one point, just filming, and the owner was just like, "Oh yeah, they're making a movie. Like, we don't really care." And it was like, a <laughs> "What bar, bar is this? Give them a shout out." Uh, Gabe's Iowa City. Woo! Oh, okay, Gabe's man. That Vin
0: <laughs> man. That place it has some history. Right Absolutely,
1: there. yeah. And they're uh, they... they're ahead. really no. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say they're they're really cool. And uh, Pete, the owner, like my friend, actually sent me a clip from uh, they had a festival there last year, and they were playing Spiral in the bar. And, oh, nice! Um, I thought that was so cool, and so I hit him up, and I was like, "Dude, I'd love to just do a scene there for this movie." And he, literally, like, was like, "Yeah, totally, that's fine." And we just showed up, and he was just like at the bar hanging out with everyone else, and like no one even. It was like we weren't even there with a camera. It was it was wild. <laughs> Very cool, man. I am so glad they went back to
0: calling it Gabe's again instead of uh, what what was it, the Picador? Oh, or... right, that's right. Yeah, that... yeah, I forgot about that. Who, who comes in and changes the name of like a, na- it's actually a nationally known venue for yeah, like totally. bands anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Did you shoot upstairs where the, uh, where the bands play or was this mainly downstairs?
1: Uh, yeah, we were upstairs. There was a battle of the bands going on that night. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it kind of pops. It's got some cool colors, you know, like on the walls, it's got that grunge feel to it. And so, uh, yeah it's a great location. I've shot there probably like, three different movies have had scenes in games. So I keep going back or yacht club, you know, like, <laughs> um, it's interesting. Like, uh, we shot at St. Mary's church in Iowa city, which I filmed a scene there in college, like 12 years ago for a completely different movie. And I, uh, I, I messaged the priest and I was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. I filmed a scene like when I was 21 at this church. Uh, do you mind if I do this again, uh, film a different scene? And, he was totally cool. He's like, yeah, I definitely remember you Uh, show up and uh, let's, let's figure it out, you know? And so like making stuff like that in Iowa is like way easier. And I think it's just much more of a novelty and um, people just uh, like that creativity, you know, let's not say that LA doesn't, but um, it's just, uh, I, I, I'm passionate about the filmmaking and it's not that I don't like uh, going with the rules, but it's just like, I just want to get to the filmmaking, you know, so like...
0: Instead of all the red tape that you have to go through. there's so
1: much more red tape.
0: That that makes sense, man. Mm -hmm. And those two locations in Iowa City uh, that you mentioned, uh, the Yacht Club and Gabe's, uh, like, very cool locations. If uh, you aren't from the Iowa area or the Iowa city area. And uh, Joe there, make sure you check them out. They, I found, I did stand up in the yacht club with uh, Tom Garland back in the day. Mm -hmm. And like you hear yacht club, you think all fancy and everything, Mm -hmm. but it's the basement of what used to be like a funeral home. So (laughs) there were like there, it, you know, it it has a little energy there or something. (laughs) The The
1: fanciest yeah uh, the, the the
0: fanciest <laughs> dungeon in iowa city right yes. there
1: <laughs> a lot uh i feel, there's a lot of history there too i feel like yeah yeah so catacombs of comedy there's your the shout catacombs out there of comedy yes
0: <laughs> and yeah it was tom garland that actually uh connected us the first time we that's right us, so. yeah so cool so yeah, you mentioned earlier that you, uh, shot a movie with, uh, Rob Van Dam, uh, mm-hmm. documentary. Uh, you were either in the process of shooting it mm-hmm. when I talked to you last time or, uh, about to shoot it. So mm-hmm. how did, how did that end up? How did, how was it interviewing, uh, Rob Van Dam and how did you get set up with that?
1: Yeah, that was actually through Tom as well. So, um, Tom <laughs> had done a couple of shows with Rob in Vegas, uh, and he pitched him like, hey, you know, we're going on this tour. What if uh, Joe comes along and films it and we make like a like a comedy tour documentary? And um, I was a big wrestling fan and Tom knew I was as well. And so I was like, "Yeah, this will be cool. I'll just go a week on the road with uh, RBD and Tom Garland. Like, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm getting into and I'm a little scared, but, uh, let's just do it. You know, it was, it was right off the heels of filming spiral. So like the next, like the week after, maybe three days after I hit the road with them. And, wow. um, by the, the third or four, uh, when we picked up Rob from the airport that the first night, he told us that he had sustained a concussion in a wrestling match, like the weekend prior. And he was like, oh, wow, the first thing he ever said to me, was like, yo, dude, um, I was going to cancel you coming because uh, I just got a concussion. And I was like, uh, OK, <laughs> like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? Like what, what now? You know, and by the third or fourth night, it was becoming apparent that the symptoms from the concussion weren't going away. He had double oh, vision. Shit. And so uh, the whole time he's like, yeah, I see two of you right now. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, like that's that this is getting kind of a, a little intense. I don't know what to do. You know, we're like, should we go to the hospital? Like we had to make every town. So it was like this weird dichotomy of, hey, let's go get your brain checked out. And oh, we got to drive nine hours to Pittsburgh to make the show, you know. <laughs> so uh, by like I remember it was in New York City. We were uh, at a wrestling convention and we were uh, driving to a nightclub for Rob to do some uh, surprise drop in. And we were in a taxi cab and I was like, um, Rob, I think that we should follow up after this week and go to the doctor in Los Angeles and watch your brain, you know, get examined and figure out what's going on and bring the camera. And, you know, I think this is the movie, you know? Yeah. And so it, uh, it slowly transitioned its way into about, uh, concussions and, uh, his post-concussion concussion syndrome. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, it kind of took a life of its own, and the movie is supposed to be done in like two, three months, so I was going to shoot it, edit it, give it to him, boom, but uh, it was two years of filming and editing, and it was a whole process that wow. I, I would imagine that when we first talked, I was probably hitting my head against a wall pretty hard, thinking it was never <laughs> going to come out and be released, so... Uh, Yeah. Just the fact that it got released, like, it went so long into production that I had to emotionally detach from it because I was like, I got to prepare for this movie never to come out. You know, even though I've committed this long into it, there's a chance that it's just not going to be a thing. You know, like, we would go through three, four months where I'd be like, dude, this is, I don't like the direction of this project. This is compromising my integrity as a filmmaker and I don't want to. Uh, be involved with this anymore you know and then like three months later it'd be like yo dude i think we should uh just just change this and i'll get back on board you know <laughs> we did that like three times in the span of like probably nine months and so um there was a lot it was a huge tug of war um i still probably only got i would say about 50 percent of the creative vision that i wanted but um i think it was a great experience for me to go through that and to like had like kind of learn about that process and you know, not, it's always been about me. So it's like yeah. good to, uh, collaborate and not try and win every single battle, you know?
0: Yeah. So what were some of the things that made you like, Oh dude, I'm out. And then what like pulled you back in just, uh, do uh, sound like I'm quoting a
1: mafia movie, right there, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I went straight for a while. I got out and then they pulled me back in. Um, I would say, like, just uh, the some of the tonal direction. And I wanted to make uh, – I, I tend to get a little bit grittier with the edits. Okay. Um, I, you know, I love movies like Beyond the Mat and The Wrestler. And um, I think Rob was just worried of, like, dude, I, I hired you to make this movie to be about, like, uh, how well, how are you going to tell me how what my fan base wants and doesn't want you know and my yeah, my argument to him was I didn't think we were making a movie for his fan base I thought we were just trying to make the best movie we could you know and yeah. so I wanted to transcend his fan base to see I wanted to transcend like wrestling and just make like a good movie you know that's that's always my goal like I made up on the rooftop, which is a Christmas talking dog movie which <laughs> yes. on the, on the surface. Like my intention throughout that was like, my, my goal was to like get past that genre and like make just a good movie, you know, like whether or not we hit that, I probably not. But at the same time, like, uh, in my head, I was going into it. Like this is going to be like the next ET or something, you know, like that was the goal. It wasn't just like this. And so that's always my goal. And so, With uh, Rob, I felt like he was bottlenecking us a little too much toward his fan base when I thought we should have been thinking bigger. By the way, we're both way too open and honest in interviews about that. So it's not like I'm throwing shade. Like, I've seen so many interviews where he's like, Joe's uh, this, 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 this. So like, we're actually really good friends. (laughs) But we just, uh, I guess in interviews, we'll uh, talk shit against one another about our philosophies.
0: Fair enough, fair enough, man. And one thing you can say about that, too, is, like, with his fan base, what his fan base, I'm sure, really wants is to know the real Rob Van Dam. And that is something that he was dealing with going through and also shows like, you know, and I'm sure you weren't trying to make the Will Smith movie about concussions. but. Right, yeah. uh, it kind of turned into something to bring awareness to head injury possibly.
1: For sure and I think that um, you know with Rob his uh, his gimmick was that he was unbreakable and he was a, like a superhero and so here I'm this like this kid coming in saying hey let's present all of your vulnerabilities that is like the antithesis of what his gimmick is and so like it's a constant tug of war of like Hey, show your human side, you know, like always show more like for in wrestling, they call it selling. That's when you, you know, if you get hit, you're going to sell it like you actually got hit and it hurts. And um, uh, what I was trying to get him to do was to sell in life, you know what I mean? And so, um, and, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of respect to him, like he at first there, it was very little concussion stuff and he actually came around quite a bit. So we did meet each other, um, somewhere in the middle, you know? Um, and so like, uh, we, I learned a lot about compromise and working together with people and, uh, a lot of stuff that I'm glad that I went through.
0: Yeah. So how do you go face to face or toe to toe with Rob Van Dam on a creative vision when he's Rob Van Dam? And at the and time, i fucking
1: nobody <laughs> at the, at the
0: time here, I wasn't going to say nobody. I was going to say a relatively unknown artist, no, filmmaker totally. from Iowa, but Less you than know, that. yeah. So like what, like, what was it like? Or where did you find the testicular fortitude <laughs> to <laughs> <a great> <laughs> really good drop
1: <laughs> anytime we can quote Mick Foley? I'm all in
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, you know, I, I actually do remember he would, he sent me a text one time where I was like going off on him and he was like, dude, you already think you're a legend. <laughs> and It was so funny to me because I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe I am like speaking out of turn or whatever, but, um, I, I've been making movies for as long as I remember. And like, so that's like, when it comes to filmmaking, that for me is like one of the few things I can at least somewhat have in control. And so when I do get invested in a project, I do want to have that control. And, um, so I will go to bat for that, um, regardless of, you know, who the person is. Uh, and I'll fight for what I think is, um, uh, what I believe in, you know? Um, and like he, like, again, props to Rob, like, uh, he, he, he's very open to my input and like, he would never like, he was never like, you know, a jerk about anything. Like, yeah. I think he respects my opinion and like, I respect his. And I think what we found out is that you can have differences with people and f- philosophical differences, but that doesn't have to be like a deal breaker in, um, how you work together with someone, you know, you just like, That's just who a person is, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Definitely, dude. Definitely. And you know, I almost think like, like, even though it may have like pushed his buttons a little bit, I bet you he respected you more for standing up for your vision
1: than just being like, "Yes, Rob, right away, Rob, we will do this, Rob." Totally. And I think uh, he wanted that. To be honest, you know, like he would like. I felt maybe this is just me reading into it. I felt like he would. Give openings to like give me the opportunity to do that, you know. Um, okay. Maybe not like completely consciously, but like, um, yeah, there was there was like a sequence in it that did make it to the final cut that I was like, I I think this is a great sequence. I this is like um, my favorite part of the movie, and I, I put in the contract. I was like, you can't touch this scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can't change it. It took me like. Um, two months to make. It was uh, a lot of digging. It just was like um, a, a, some, a scene that I'm really proud of that um, people have said has been really impactful when they watch it. And so um, uh, what, if I had that scene, then I was like kind of on board for the rest, to be honest
0: perfect perfect so um like is any of this banter between you and rob in the video or in the in the documentary
1: um no but maybe it should be (laughs) (laughs) um no um but like like i said he's really cool in the sense that like so we're making the dvd right now we're releasing that hopefully like this holiday season and he would do stuff like you know uh, hey, do you want to put any of your movie trailers in the extras? You know, like something that he didn't have to do, you know? Yeah, Or uh, I think I might even put uh, a stand-up clip that I did at Penguins in Cedar Rapids that he was oh, like, right hey, put this clip in there. And I was like, uh, why, you, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> cool, man. You know, that's nice of him to do, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. Um, he kind of has that like older brother vibe about him where, you know, he'll will we'll fight and bicker and stuff but um i do feel he has like an authentic authenticity and a genuineness about him that he does uh want to help me out you know and that's really cool you know
0: yeah definitely dude and uh man that's that's something though like one of one of your first films like well not your first films i'm mm-hmm. sorry but like the getting... first 5 don't count dude they're not good <laughs> enough.
1: but no, I you know
0: you. But you got you got up on the wolf top with Mr. Belding, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all down, it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, but to
0: have him as like in your credentials for having a documentary shot with Rob Van Dam and the stories that go with that, you could probably make a whole new, a whole nother, at least a web series off of the (laughs) stories of shooting the documentary with Rob Van Dam. Uh, No, that's a great
1: point. And I always, I always do think of how fortunate of like, so I, have always wanted to make a wrestling documentary. So definitely crossed off that box. And I feel like I, I think about how I think Rob was the perfect wrestler to be involved with this project. Like, um, I feel like he's he, he has a fan base that just works and meshes really well with uh, the path that I'm on that like just everyone just looks back fondly on him. You know, like uh, he was like he was the coolest wrestler for me to be able to do this sort of project. You know what I mean? Definitely. And like, you know, like someone like a, even like a Stone Cold or The Rock, like they're already like these iconic figures that like uh, Rob is a legend. But like this is his next cool thing that he's done. And so it's a really cool thing to be a part of that.
0: For sure, dude. So where can people go and check this out? Is it on Amazon? Because I actually, like, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I want to, especially after hearing this conversation, <laughs> I really want to, like, go listen to it and be like, see if I can guess which scene you're like, this has yeah. to stay in here. <laughs> um, I would love and, if
1: you did that. That'd be cool. All right.
0: Yeah, I, I want to watch it. Where can people find it? I know you're talking about a DVD possibly coming out this uh christmas season i'll
1: i'll explain what a dvd is then after <laughs> or blu-ray i'm <laughs> blu-ray. sorry no no i was gonna say like uh, i i was i asked i was like dude our dvds i i think we're making a dvd but uh, i don't know if it's blu-ray i don't even know if they exist anymore. it's crazy
0: <laughs> you're busting my ball no no, 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 no blu-ray i'm like no no sorry no, phil no. dude <laughs> <laughs> not at
1: all I actually I want to come. Think out you're on, a uh, fucking
0: legend already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I actually I wanna I want them to put it on VHS. I think that would be really cool. Uh, <laughs> to do. I think that'd be awesome.
0: Or at uh, least have the like uh, DVD Blu-ray case look like a VHS. Oh, uh, uh, that's a great idea. Like uh, maybe okay, the VHS so B-
1: opens up into the dvd or something
0: yeah something like that mm-hmm. i don't know just brainstorming here take it if you like it yeah, throw it away we have if you don't New
1: marketing campaign on our hands so exactly uh, exactly go
0: go approach rob <laughs> van Dam with that right yeah.
1: now <laughs> he's like dude fuck off i'm like I'm wait sick. what <laughs> damn it joe uh, clark city i'm sick of your
0: i'm sick of your suggestions
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh yeah so a uh, headstrong can be found uh, it's on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Voodoo, so a lot of the major streaming platforms. Um, okay. Fight TV, it's on there, and it uh, it'll be on Shrug DVD or Blu Ray this holiday season. <laughs> we'll find out.
0: Betamax. Betamax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Game Gear version coming out. That's our play along. Yes.
0: Oh, that that'd be kind of cool. Somebody hits you over the head, you're concussed in double. Um. Please it's don't beat me up, Rod Van Dam. It's all cheer shots. It's all chair shots. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. All right, so let's switch back to talking about your new film before we mm-hmm. jump into uh, jump into the final questions of the cool. show here. So um, real quick, like just to recap, since we talked about it at the very beginning of the show, uh, you went throughout the, um, the plot of this or at least the synopsis of the plot. Mm-hmm. One more time. I oh, apologize. yeah, yeah. No,
1: no absolutely. Um, so I'm playing a writer, and I moved from Iowa to L.A., and um, I get mixed up in a lot of uh, shady Hollywood producer land stuff, and um, it, it, it bends into different um, – I, I don't want to go into too much spoilers, but okay. at, at right. one point uh, it's just a very – it's a big-scale film. on a, It's a very small film. But the, the way in which we shot it, it's pretty cool because it'll go from uh, one scene where I look like this or I have a buzzed head, and the next scene I have, like, a full head of hair and a beard. And um, I think it's going to take some twists and turns, and it's going to, I think, be a meaningful film for people that experience it.
0: Okay. Is this in
1: any way based
0: on what you've experienced in L.A. so far?
1: Um, that's a great question, you know. I... I definitely, what my goal was, was to make a movie that like friends in Iowa, when they watched this, they would be like, dude, what have you gotten yourself into out there? (laughs) That was really the goal. Cause I would be like, I I wanted to start to, to, to have audiences think like, okay, like, Uh, is this supposed to be like real is this based on real life and then once you accept where we're at in the foundation when it starts to take different twists and turns i think it's gonna start um messing with people's heads a little bit (laughs) okay uh, so it it seems like
0: you kind of like those movies i was just gonna say
1: like this is uh i would say my closest follow-up from spiral um just in terms of uh creativity and um what i wanted to do like the a lot of the goal of this and what it turned into was uh, I wanted to make an L.A. movie that, that had like that that looked and felt as uh, big uh, of a journey as possible. And um, I think given our very limited resources and like like I said, this was I, most people want to build to bigger and better in terms of budget and crew and size and all these things. and. I do want to get to like a studio level where we're making cool blockbusters. Like that's why I got into movies. But yeah. like for this film, I really wanted to, I would say it's, it's most, uh, it's, it's very stripped filmmaking. Like I wanted us to have as little resources as possible so that we could, um, see where we could go with things to still make it a good movie and to have our creativity be the number one asset.
0: All right, all right, man. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, checking out <laughs> I know that, that doesn't reveal well. anything
1: about it. It, but it doesn't, but that, I, uh... I understand.
0: There's some movies that you just can't say a mm-hmm. whole lot about without giving. And everything I really away.
1: Uh, like with stuff like Headstrong and like Up on the Wooftop, like those movies, um, you you know what you're getting into. And I think part of the fun of Spiral and what Alta Vista is, is that you I uh, want people to go in, especially to a theater, you go and you sit and you kind of know what you're getting into, but it's like a roller coaster of where you get on and you don't quite know where it's going to take you. And I feel like that's rare enough these days, especially in a theater, that um, I think it's kind of fun to keep that mystery as much as possible. Like, for example, I think back on, like, um, like, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. It's a really cool movie. I like that movie. But, like, I remember the... Uh, leading up to it, there was so much speculation as to what the movie was that it took on a life of its own, you know? And I'm really interested in that.
0: You know, I I've what, I don't think I've ever actually seen that whole movie. Like, I, I don't know. It was just time or something like that I had to get up and leave before I finished it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I still don't know what that whole movie exactly <laughs> no is about does. besides, no like... Some secret sex club and sacrifice <laughs> or sacrifices, or I don't know. I'm just making shit up now. No, but. no. I,
1: <laughs> I think that was the point, though. I think the movie was about, especially before the release, was uh, creating the craziest narrative of using people's wildest imagination of what they thought it was going to be
0: you know what it's about. I just figured it out. What's that with, uh, with Tom Cruise in it. It's mm-hmm. what really goes on at Scientology meetings. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's like, and that's why Nicole Kidman ended up leaving uh, and running away. You I know, believe it like I'm into this. See, that's
1: yeah, that's what, uh, that's also, um, <laughs> that's also what I'm into is figuring out what the secret is behind the make it, you know what I mean? Like when they say it with the movie, <laughs> You see, is uh, you only see like 1% of what actually happened in that time, yeah, you know, and so, like, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how people are gonna react when they watch this and what the theories are of like what was real, what wasn't real, you know, and um, I think that's gonna be exciting to see, you yeah. know,
0: all right, all right, so who's in the who's in Alta Vista,
1: um, there we don't have any like big names right now. That's all uh, right. You give them a shout and, out. Uh, uh yeah, uh, we actually do have like, uh, some pretty talented folks. So, uh, Stacy Scali, um, she's on fresh off the boat, which is on, uh, ABC. Okay. Um, and she's been in like a bunch of movies. Uh, uh, Nancy Youngblunt who she's been on like a bunch of TV shows herself. And so like, that was the cool part is that like, um, we had a bunch of talent that like are experienced actors in the industry that were just yeah. totally down to help me out and just be in the movie, you know? And like, that's cool. That's a big difference from, you know, filming in the Midwest where it's like, Oh, this person that's coming in, she's doing one scene and she's been in like 40 TV shows and it's like, Oh wow. And she was on Broadway. And so like, I was acting the scene with her. I was like, I'm, I was like, how do I explain her? I'm like, Hey, I, I'm not a good actor and I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> and you're a professional. So I'm just going to try my best not to look like a freaking idiot in front of you, you know? And so, um, that was the fun of it though. Uh, we had this really cool dancer named, uh, future spelled P H Y O U T U R E. Um, he makes the cameo. He's really, really cool. He's got a big following online. Um, And uh, yes, we have a bunch of like experienced actors and stuff, but we also have a bunch of non-actors because like um, my producer asked me, he's like, this is like um, the most quote unquote non-actors I've seen in a movie that I've worked on. And I'm like, I think it's because making movies as a kid and growing up, I never had quote unquote professional actors. I always had to rely on like friends and family. So I'm almost uh, just as effective working with non-actors than I am working with, you know, pros that yeah. have been in the industry forever.
0: Definitely. Well, if you ever need a non actor, let me know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool, cool. Cause I think, I think that'd be fun, man. Be, heck, uh, heck yeah. spe- especially in some movie that messes with people's minds. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like that. You're in it. And- cool. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> All right, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, dude. So, when will that actually be uh, coming out? Or spec? I know it's still kind of in the works. So, mm-hmm. a speculation of a tentative release date.
1: I'm looking to finish it by the end of the year. So, at that, I'm I'm hoping 2020. But like things move really slow. So, once it's completed, then you know uh, we're gonna decide for and go the film festival route, straight to distribution. What we're gonna do with it. Um, and so, um, yeah, I guess uh, when we do this again another year and a half, we'll, uh, we'll have that answer <laughs> I, I was, I
0: was going to say, when it comes out, you'll have to come back on and yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about it for sure This is um, the time
1: capsule for me <laughs>
0: Exactly, the Joe Clark time capsule, right here on Uncontained.
1: Is that the title?
0: Either that or else you think you're a fucking legend. <laughs> <laughs> you already think you're a legend? You already think
1: you're a legend. I'm into that. Yeah, One of those I'm gonna two. Get a, regardless, I'm going to get a shirt made with that that just says legend I, on it. So We're yeah, already, already a legend.
0: Already a legend. <laughs> the legend you get, don't know about. I'll
1: get spit on by everybody that I know.
0: That's all right. That's all right. Then you can just be like Kanye and tell me you're all ingenious. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving out to LA, making a movie and like starting out in Iowa, what advice do you have for somebody who's like maybe even starting out in a, in a non movie center, a a place that doesn't have
1: a movie scene Mm -hmm. wanting to get into movies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, to be, like, perfectly honest, like, Alta Vista has been, um, uh, I, I mean, every movie has its own challenges, but, like, I, this has been a very challenging time for me. Like, I I went all in on trying to make this movie, and, like, for me, like I said, I always go into a film thinking that it's going to have, like, mass appeal or it's going to be a breakthrough movie for me because I haven't had that yet. And so, like, that's always my intention is to make not necessarily specifically to get like, you know, rich or famous, but I want to make like a a really good movie. That's always the goal, you know? And so um, for me, this has been this passion project. I've been working on this for like a year and a half now. And it's still a really small movie. And like when people, I have people close to me that say like, so um, you don't have name actors. Uh, The marketing, I don't know how you're going to do that. Uh, what, what are you going to do with this movie, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so like, um, in a lot of ways, you know, I go through a lot of like existential moments where I'm like, shit, like, have I wasted my first year and a half by like, is this the wrong movie? Am I making the wrong moves? And so, but at the same time, like I just dove in and did it, you know? And so like, usually my advice would be like, if you, if you want to do anything, movies, music, stand up, like just go and do the thing. Uh, at the same time, I'm also now like, uh, looking back on this movie and I'm like, I went in so far head first, I don't regret it. And I, and I would do it again, but it's, I'm in the thick of the rabbit hole of, I don't know what's going to happen. I could fall hard on my ass and this could be the end of, you know, my dreams, you know? And so like, um, I would love to say like, yeah, just go do it. But like, I went and I just did it and I'm like so totally freaked out about it you know what i mean <laughs> and so um i guess uh the the takeaway bottom line is advice is um uh, just go and do it <laughs> <laughs> fair enough man and you
0: know you were saying you don't know what you're going to do with the movie right now like whether you know you don't know how you're going to promote it you don't know like you know there's a chance as with every film in Hollywood that something might not come out. But the one thing I see you taking away from it is you made a lot of connections and made a lot of like net, like connection with working actors and uh, non-actors. So that you'll have for that moving forward too. I I could be wrong. You could have burned every bridge you had with everybody (laughs) you worked with, but I doubt you did that.
1: No, I think that, um, and that was a really cool thing to see was that, Everyone that did get involved with the movie was like, you know, it was a really small project. They didn't care. They were happy to be there. They wanted to do it. They were, they, it seemed like we were all getting along really we well. We all had really good chemistry. So that is like a big takeaway. And like I said, like um, before we started recording this, I was like, dude, I'm nervous about this cause uh, this has been a really tough week for me. And so like I I'm in the thick of it right now, you know, like yeah. I'm in the belly of the beast and so, like, it's hard for me to have a lot of perspective right now because I'm so in the thick of it that, like, um, from an outsider's perspective, um, who knows? I could be like, Joe Clark's a legend already. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and for me, I'm like, this, um, I could be out of LA in like six weeks. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that feeling ever goes away. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's just in my head. And so a lot of a lot of like this is what the movie's about, too. It's like um, I, I took all of these insecurities and fears and I kind of challenged them or I, I, I harnessed them into like uh, story mode, you know. OK, and, um, so uh, I think that at a subconscious level, it's going to be really relatable because I think that I think that's what. I think people go through this a lot, but it's just, like, um, I don't know, weird to talk about, you know? I always think, even on, like, interviews and stuff, like, if you watch, like, Jimmy Fallon, there's no actor that goes on and they're promoting a movie and they're like, this is the best movie ever. You know, they always say, like, this movie's awesome. Go see the movie. It's great. It's this. And, like, I asked my brother, I was like, what if I'm not happy with the movie? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) if I go onto a platform and say, "Eh, I'm really insecure about this, this, and this am I selling it short? Am I exposing myself? Like, um, is that being too honest, too raw? Like, I don't know, but, uh, I'm doing the best that I can, you know?
0: Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And you know, honesty is great, but it's not always the best when trying to sell something. You can, <laughs> you can bet your ass a lot of those actors that go on like the late night shows and say their movie is the best Mm -hmm. some of them know that the movie they just worked on is a giant piece of crap and just Mm -hmm. want people to go out and see it so the studio can recap some of their money so they can continue working
1: i've already fucked myself my first interview on the movie and it's uh it's already in the shitter damn it I'm
0: well right I'm now just go, go ahead just go back go back be like man this is oh, gonna be the best
1: is the best movie in the world ever conceived in cinema <laughs> yes yes there you go
0: groundbreaking
1: <laughs> I think uh, no, I know I agree with you like I remember trying to look up a movie and like I I was looking up a really bad movie and I was like I'm gonna find the talk shows and see what they said about it be like, there's no way they're going to defend this movie, you know? And, um, I think they did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: did you look up Geely? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do next. I'm going to go watch Jay Leno and see what Ben Affleck said about Geely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if he yeah. said it's
1: good, then you're never going to hear me say another negative thing about all <laughs> this or any of my movies ever. Again.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All, all you gotta say is Geely. That, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what you gotta be like, Hey, it's not Geely. All right, go <laughs> that's watch the, it. That's the
1: tagline for the movie Alta Vista. It's not Geely.
0: There you go. I think we're on to something here.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have we've created three marketing campaigns in the first forty-five minutes of this podcast.
0: Hey, man, we're just we're just brainstorming here. Boy, you bro. know, it's yeah. all good. It's this all is, good. That's this is I've, the
1: true uncontained pod. This is the future. Is marketing <laughs> you know, platforms.
0: Exactly. Brainstorming is actually something I really enjoy doing. Just throwing <laughs> out ideas or playing games like uh, <laughs> like uh, catchphrase or something like that where you have to guess what something is. You start out throwing out the most ridiculous things mm-hmm. just to get like the creative juices going. And then next thing you know, you're like, okay, that's actually that kind of totally. good. That, no, that yeah. was right.
1: Yeah. And that's what a lot of what we did is... Um I remember one of the actresses stepped on the set of the movie and was like um she asked about like how the set was conducted she's like do you mind if I say this and I was like dude the the sound guy chimes in all the time about ideas you know like you would never <laughs> see that in a movie ever but on this movie I'd be like hey Carl what do you think about this and he'd be like uh you know but, uh, um, Joe, I don't think I'd go that direction. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> all right, Carl the sound guy says we gotta go a different direction.
0: Because you gotta think about the synergy and the birds <laughs> over there and uh, oh, totally. the squirrels and the chipmunks. <laughs> and, like,
1: like it, it's something he, so
0: crazy it comes back and makes sense.
1: But Carl would do that from, like, a story perspective, too. He'd be like, dude, I think we gotta get the squirrels involved in this movie. Like, <laughs> okay. If you say you're like, so
0: you're like hey talking dogs worked yeah
1: that's true yeah <laughs> uh, i actually did there was a we didn't film and i might still put it in but uh i wrote this sequence where the character is like super high and he's outside and he's just kind of like out of it and a crow is on a telephone pole and he looks up and he starts talking to the crow and the cinematographer was like are you just going to get uh, Fernando to do the talking dog effect in the crow? And I was like, absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, I will bring a talking animal back. nicely, nice. Differently into the fold.
0: Fair enough, man, fair so, enough.
1: By the way, is me describing that uh, not filmed crow scene more enticing and more selling for you to see Alta Vista or less up? Uh,
0: it it could be it could be interesting it's not, <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this it's not geely it's not... <laughs> 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 uh. but no no that could be interesting Depends on how you do it's a yeah, crow totally. actually going to talk back to him or what's the crow going to tell your, him this is your first that's, movie the crow yeah yeah right, but, anyway that's already a movie the that that is <laughs> that that is a movie and uh i yeah but that was a good movie. It was a good uh, movie. It a, tragic It, was, it movie. wasn't Geely. No, it definitely was not fucking Geely. <laughs> <Gili>. um, <laughs> so, um, now, I know we've kind of talked about a marketing campaign, at least three of them. But what are mm. you currently doing in real life to promote yourself?
1: I, um, you know, I, I actually, I love Instagram because... Um, I've been connected with people that have like really been fundamental in the process of my filmmaking. And like, they, there've been people I I've never even seen in person or met in person. And then they've been like vital parts. And so yeah. I, I like this concept of like blasting out who you are, um, through social media into like this abyss of, you don't know where it's going, but on the other end can be like a connection to someone that like really helps you out, you know? Um, and, uh, so I, I definitely believe in the power of that, you know? Definitely dude.
0: Definitely. And you know, you can make some great connections like that. Like I've, you know, I've interviewed so many people that I've met like online that I've never actually met in person, you know? So it's like totally the World wide web, dude. And- yeah.
1: And so that's what, uh, and obviously all of it's like movie related stuff usually. And, um, uh i love i'm super touristy still in la and i like never want that part to go away and so like when if i see like a celebrity or someone that had a big impact on me like i just saw ben savage from boy meets world like two weeks ago and i I walked up to him and i was like yo dude can i get a picture we like hung out for like five minutes and so like i like my friends always especially here give me shit because they're like dude don't take selfies with celebrities. That's the lamest thing in the world. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> but I just saw Dave Chappelle. What else, what else am I gonna do? You well, know? Of course if I see Dave Chappelle, if I'm, I'm gonna sp- selfie. I'm gonna selfie you all day long. Unapologetically yeah. so. And so like in a weird way I feel like some of my promotion people are like uh, all you do is take selfies. <laughs> <of celebrities. laughs> I'm like fine by me. If that's my worst case scenario in life, I'm great with that.
0: There you go. There you go. Your own paparazzi. There you uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you,
0: okay. People at, listening can't see this but i have to describe this like when we first started talking we're doing, and we're doing this we're doing this on like video so we can see each other it was nice brightly lit and everything like that you could see carpet and everything now now it looks like uh, you know those interviews on 60 minutes where it's trying to protect somebody's identity and we i'm not this. scrambling your
1: voice dude <laughs> I there, I was gonna he, say, there you please go please don't scramble my voice <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right all right but i, I just had to throw no, that the out the light there switch was,
1: is like too far so i'm like do i take the headphones off hit the light switch real quick i don't if you want to risk the dead if, space
0: if you want to hit the light switch right, right, i can dude. edit it out oh here but, we go
1: five seconds here we go you're gonna all to right scroll. or
0: i won't edit it out we'll <laughs> see uh so uh on this trip to the light switch he's moving he's back oh it was just two steps across the room and he's back
1: so, uh what's weird is i actually have the most dimly lit room of all time so i feel like <laughs> this did not help out at all but that's right
0: <laughs> it's all right i can actually see batman Perfect. on your shirt now, there you go. So <laughs> there you go i feel safe i feel protected from crime and the my, joker
1: uh, my mom got this for me so Hell my mom yeah, has dude. bought about 40 percent of my uh fashion so that's uh there you go for my LA legend status. There
0: you go. There you go. You need to have her buy you that legend shirt. I'll tell yes, you that. That's
1: what, she, <laughs> she would. She definitely would. She would love that.
0: All right. All right. So, um,. <laughs> now sorry about that little sidetrack about witness protection but it was just like weighing on my head for uh, in my mind for so long
1: i was with you man i was like man i I feel like i got to make a move it's gotten considerably darker in here
0: i i yeah i can imagine being actually a filmmaker and all you're like the shot the shot is too dark the lighting's all wrong we missed the golden hour
1: Uh, (laughs) we um, hit it we hit it about minute 20.
0: Yes, yes, and then we lost it on uh, 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I'm sure your highlight has probably changed since last time I talked to you or one of your highlights so have some new ones anyway. So what would be a highlight or two that you care to share with the uncontained audience?
1: Um, I I think definitely the release of Headstrong, like I said after, you know, a, the two-year journey. I I didn't think it was going to be released, so that was like huge. And then um, just getting closer and closer to getting my first L.A. movie under my belt is Definitely. something that I've been working towards since I was like a kid, you know. And so uh, as, as, as much as I'm my harshest critic and my hardest, you know, um, critic, it, it, it really is like a big thing for me to be able to do that personally.
0: Definitely do. I can imagine like chasing that dream, getting closer and closer, man. And being out
1: in L.A. finally,
0: you know, after after growing up in the Midwest, moving out to the actual West and,
1: uh, and that's a great point. That. You know, that's um like I said, I, I tend to get caught in the moment and like don't have that like big perspective. And so, yeah, it's uh I think like I was gearing up to move here the last time we spoke. And so, yes. Um, like right now I, I live in Beverly Hills, which is awesome. I didn't expect that to happen. Oh, nice. Um, I live in a really cool neighborhood. I live like a block from the four seasons. I go there all the time and like the, all the staff knows me. Like I, I had a date last night and like, I was like, this is like a ridiculous thought, but I was like, okay, if I bring the date to the four seasons, it might get a little weird because I know the staff is really cool and they're going to keep coming up and saying <laughs> hi. And like, it might be like kind of come across as cool, but it could be come across as like planned or hokey. And so I was like, or,
0: or like how many dates does he bring? Yeah, here? exactly. Damn.
1: That's a, I was like, uh, <laughs> and I did think about, I was like, I can only, I can't bring too many dates here. Cause eventually then the staff's going to be like, dude, like, what are you doing? You know? So I, I have not, uh, I don't go on too many dates out here, but, it was cool that we went and, like, sure enough, like, three people came up. They're like, hey, what's up, Joe? Oh, you got your hair cut? Oh, oh. And so, like, having just that is, like, such a cool validation of being being in L.A. And, like, yeah. uh, I still view myself as, like, a 12-year-old kid, you know? And so to to have that that is just, like, any little thing that happens in L.A., I get such a kick out of. And it's such, like, a, a joy because – Um, I moved out here so late. I was like 30 that, um, I just, I don't take anything for granted. And I love every little thing that happens like that.
0: Hell yeah, dude. And I I don't know if it's like an entertainer thing or if it's everybody that's kind of that like 12 year old, 50, whoever you were in like high school Mm -hmm. in your head still, Mm -hmm. uh, growing up. Cause you know, I still kind of have that same, same thing where in like, I still feel like I'm that kid from mm-hmm. time to time. Oh, uh, Chris Hardwick talked about it, oh, like really? uh, on his show, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's interesting." And he's like, "Everybody's really at at mind that same 15 year old kid or oh, something, wow. still worried about rejection, worried about like uh, you know, you're you're more dull. you have common sense to go with it, but mm-hmm. you still have that core of who you mm-hmm. are."
1: And that's what, um, in a lot of ways, especially this last week of filming, is I told the crew I was like, for me, this is about embracing that thirteen-year-old in me, and we're gonna film it as if like I, we were thirteen in the backyard filming a movie, you know. And that's nice. like the whole approach the whole time, and um, and so like, uh, I don't know, that was really important for me to do it that way and that style, you know, because it was, um uh because i i still i feel i still do a lot of the same things you know like um i like uh, someone asked me like hey what are your, some of your favorite movies and for a while i always like blank out but i started like a cell phone note on my phone so that when people ask i can like oh uh, let me just see you know and i looked on it uh, like last week and it's all jackie chan movies <laughs> <laughs> And I was like Rush Hour, Super Cop, Rumble in the Bronx, and I'm like, God dang it! I have not aged since age 13, you know. <laughs> and I, I watched, I watched like all those movies recently, and like I was like, okay, I'm 31 now. I'm gonna rewatch these movies, and it's gonna be like, oh, they're kind of cheesy. It'll hold up. I watched like Rush Hour, and I was like. This is one of the best freaking movies I've ever seen in my life. You know? The first one, yes, oh, yeah, definitely. The totally. second, the second one was the as one. Third the th- one's one of the worst movies. But maybe
0: it's three that I'm thinking of. Maybe. Bad. Where, too where bad. was three? Was that
1: in China or? That's, they go to France. France.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The second that's... one's in China. You probably. It's okay. You can say you hated Rush Hour too. I won't hold. It no. Before. No. No. Like.
0: The, <laughs> You know it wasn't as good as the first one totally, yeah but it wasn't Geely
1: <laughs> 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 you got one more time to the well on that
0: I, I know I know but you know <laughs> I just I, I couldn't help the callback that's
1: the next uh that's the episode titles callback
0: callback callback all right or it wasn't geely one of the two i used my last one all right so no more using that this is gonna be the
1: most episode titles ever for one of your shows
0: i know like hashtag this hashtag
1: that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) why is hashtag at least is not geely a thing why is that trending on twitter
0: (laughs) we need to start that we need to start that and maybe we can get it doesn't have to be
1: like if you stub your toe ah
0: at least it wasn't at least, at least it
1: wasn't g <laughs> <laughs> i'm into that that's the next shirt score screen the yes. legend shirt no we need Gilly. to do both you need
0: the legend Gilly shirt ball, you yeah. need the legend shirt cause... legend
1: on the front g on the back <laughs> or
0: or rob van dam says i'm a legend already oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i'm into that all
0: right man so um when I know I asked you this the first time too, I want to see if your your answer changed. I'll have to go back and listen because yeah, I didn't. I'm gonna listen all these answers. But um, when somebody comes and sees your film, see sees your work, what do you want them to take home and remember about your work? Whether it's, uh, it can be different for like say Rob Van Dam's Headstrong mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. or um, Alta Vista. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that roller coaster effect that I was talking about has applied to the last couple of um, the last three movies. Have been this like this format where you go into it and it starts as one thing and then it turns into another. And I hope that people they at a subconscious level um, connect with the film where they t- can see a different perspective on life and apply that to their own.
0: Okay, all right, definitely. So, basically, you want people to be able to see another, another look outside the box a little bit from seeing your movies, in a way.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you, I, I. think it's a dichotomy of looking outside the box, but also relate, relating, you know? Okay. And so, um, it, it's kind of like both ends of the spectrum, where um, my life not, might not be the same as Aaron's life, but at the same time, we've probably have both experienced general things. And so um, Ulta Vista for me, it's about loss and grief and optimism and mourning. And um, I think those four things are pretty uh, umbrella-esque, you know, when people think about big things, you know? And so uh, for this movie, um, it is like, it's like one big tribute to my dad. You know, he passed away in October of 17 and that was a big impact on my life. Yeah. And this movie is all about that grieving process for me. And so, um, I think that, well, whether you've lost someone close to you or not, you always will. And so I want to be able to connect through that.
0: All right, man. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, like, how you cannot answer this if you want it's kind of like it has to do with your dad but how does this film relate to the grieving process of your dad
1: um i think that like uh well in the movie it comes it's like a core theme uh throughout and it connects and it's part of the storyline too um, okay um and uh like and that's what i'm also big into you know is that Uh, movies, when you look at the surface, they'll have their, their storyline. But then when you say, you know, what's it really about? That's when you get to like, uh, underneath the surface, you know? And so, like I said, like on the surface, this movie, I play writer and I moved to LA and I get involved all these like sketchy producers, but it's also, um, it's ingrained in the backdrop of this character that's going through, um, the impact of what has happened since his father's passed away. Okay. So, um, and uh, the same thing with spiral, like spiral was uh, a bunch of uh, college friends get together. They, uh, and a bunch of like uh, it's a bachelor party and things go batshit crazy. But what it's really about is those friendships that um, you had in college that when you get together again, you've realized that like life has kind of moved on and things aren't as like mesh quite as easily and you're different people now and what that's like to explore those kind of relationships. And so, um, uh-huh. I think that's a common theme that has, uh, same thing with headstrong, you know, on the surface it's Rob Van Dam doing Sam comedy, showing his values and, um, his journey, but like below the surface, um, there's a lot more going on, you know? And so, I'm I'm always very uh, drawn to those sort of projects where um, it's about one thing, but it's also about like something completely else that's very personal. Uh, I think I don't know if you saw the movie Midsummer. Um, I have that, not. It was a horror movie that came out this summer, and it's inter- It's about like it's like a uh, this. It's almost like Wicker Man, where this group of friends go to this pagan community in Sweden for this festival, and okay. shit just gets crazy, you know. But uh, when people talk about it they talk about it as a movie that's about the end of a of a relationship. You know what I mean? And so it's kinda okay. interesting that's like the movie's not about that, but like at a subtext level, that's what it's all about. And so that's what is this for me is. Um, it's about one thing, but I feel like loss and grief are like two big themes for me personally. I mean I'm sure everyone else that watched it is gonna have way different takeaways.
0: Yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about art. Everybody can take something different away from it um hopefully hopefully you get your message across and what you're trying to put out there but uh you know um uh, it's open to interpretation
1: <laughs> <laughs> well uh next time we uh talk i guess we'll find out right Exactly, man. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So, all right, Joe. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight, man. I've had a blast catching up with you, uh, talking about uh, Rob Van Dam, finding out you're already a legend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm honored to be in, in, uh, in, in the vicinity of greatness right now.
1: Uh, <laughs> Never going to hear the end of this one. I'm oh, scary. man. I, I, I love it, end. though.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, so, Joe, I have one final question for you. All right. Joe Clark, how do you live uncontained?
1: I am at my most uncontained stage in life right now. I would argue, uh, this movie I'm making, it's, it's completely outside of the studio system. And in a lot of ways, there's so many things that tell me that I'm forcing it. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't be a real thing. And it's not a real movie. But for me, I'm pushing ahead through all the obstacles to make it a real thing, even though there is no like studio that has like brought it about you know at like a blockbuster level. And so I view this as um, some of the most raw, uh, uncontained, passionate commitment that you can do. Like I, there was this, this was a super small crew. I'm not an experienced season actor. I dove in front of the camera. I did whatever it took to get this movie made. And I think that that takes, uh, I think that's the pillar of being what uncontained is. It's, it's, uh, it's being shed of everything and still jumping into something head first. And that's what, uh, that's what I'm doing.
0: All right. Perfect, man. Perfect. And... As I said, I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got the light turned back on so it doesn't seem (laughs) like a witness protection conversation. (laughs) And I feel comfortable using your actual name instead of being like, he preferred to be called Patrick. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) my middle name, actually, so you can't use that one either. Jesus, man.
0: (laughs) I I did not know that. I am not a stalker.
1: Anonymous legend.
0: Yeah, anonymous legend. Um, Not Patrick. Uh, (laughs) But I have one final thing for you to do, man, and that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight?
1: I am Joe Clark, and I live
0: uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Joe Clark for coming back on Uncontained. Looking forward to having him back on in the future to talk about... uh, How the release of his movie Alta Vista went, Uh, as he mentioned, this is kind of like a Joe Clark time capsule. Uh, Check in every year, year and a half, something like that, see how everything's going, and make sure you check out Headstrong, available on Amazon Prime and a lot of other streaming sources, and uh, according to Joe, we'll see, maybe it will be on DVD around the holidays, or, or VHS. Uh, yeah, that, that idea came up in the show as well. But thank you once again for listening. Make sure you check me out on social media at Uncontained Pod Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please subscribe, follow, like, and uh, keep on listening. I appreciate it. Until next time, live uncontained no you don't need to put hashtag in there it's just okay. my hashtag I, I i say it like that because a lot of people say i live my life uncontained and oh, i'm God. like cool. i'm like i didn't tell you to say oh, that I'll, I'll
1: redo that man my bad all right, all right. whenever
0: you're ready just go cool. ahead and
1: go my name is joe clark and i live my life uncontained
0: you're fucking with me
1: was that, that I didn't do it right?
0: You just said what I said. To other people accidentally. I shouldn't even oh, throw that out. I thought
1: that's what I was supposed to do. My bad. So I thought sorry. you were. I,
0: you had like a smirk on your face. So I was <laughs> so like, you're sorry. fucking with me, aren't you? Oh yeah. Sorry. Dude.
1: What do you always say? I'm so sorry.
0: I am Joe Clark, yeah. and I live uncontained.
1: Oh shit. Okay. I thought that's. I... All
0: it's right. all good. I thought. You, I thought you Let's were fucking three. with
1: me. no <laughs> This is You gotta keep all this in. That's what you should do. Is keep all this in.
0: I I may have to right? or, or put or release it as like bonus content.
1: Yeah. Uh. All right. Ready to go.